Hey, good morning. How's everyone doing? So those of you that came in late today, which is most of you, never do that again, right? Hey, you came in and you were like, what happened to the front five rows? Man, my spot. Where's my spot? I see people sitting in different places this morning, and it's freaking me out a little bit. I'm like, you belong here, right? Hey, this has been Disciple Now Weekend. Disciple Now Weekend has become an annual tradition of Anderson Hill Student Ministry. And um, what's really cool is for the last two days, uh, we have spent time in the same, basically, thematic scheme, so to speak, that we've been in church-wide for now a few weeks. So we've killed some spiders. Have we killed some spiders? Yeah, we've killed some spiders. So if you are a uh, middle school or high school student and you've been participating in Disciple Now Weekend, would you just stand up real quick? Yeah. Awesome. And uh, you guys can go ahead and sit down now. If you are a young adult, college student, volunteer, if you are an adult who hosted students this week, who drove a car, who helped cook a meal, um, who played some role in the weekend, if you would stand up, because we want to recognize you for sure. I continue to just stand in amazement at this body, um, how when something like this comes along, we just put out kind of the all call, hey, we need help, and man, help comes to the rescue. And I don't just mean duct tape, man. Right? It's, it's really amazing what God does. And so uh, we've spent this weekend talking about spiders, and for those of you who maybe you're joining us for the first time uh, this morning, you haven't been here in a few weeks, or maybe you're new or a guest I want to kind of just start out by defining what we're talking about when we're talking about spiders. Because we're not talking about literal spiders. These are more metaphorical spiders. But spiders, simply put, are agreements that we have made with lies that the enemy has planted in our minds and hearts. So if I were to give you some examples of lies that the enemy maybe has planted in our hearts, they'd be like this. You're ugly. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not right. You're not capable. You're unwanted. You're not worth anything. You're dirty. You'll never be enough. You'll forever be alone. You should run away. God has abandoned you. Jesus doesn't love you. Grace can never change you. Can I get a witness? How many of you have heard one of those lies in your life at some point? Or maybe countless others. I mean, we could just go on and on all morning long with a list of these lies that the enemy feeds us. Cobwebs are the aftermath of the spider. So cobwebs are kind of like medicators. They bring us false comfort. They protect us, or so we think, from the spiders, from the lies. Cobwebs could be things such as worry, stress, addiction, addiction to drugs, pornography, alcohol, food, even social media, comparison, the need for approval, the struggle to receive God's Love. These are all cobwebs. And for the last few weeks and for this weekend, we've been talking about killing the spider and ultimately breaking free from lies that the enemy has planted in our minds and our hearts. And in order to do this, we have to identify the cobwebs, we have to locate the spider, and we ultimately have to kill 
the spider. Now for some of us, identifying the spider has been pretty easy. We know the lie the enemy has us believing. We know where the enemy has us entrapped, entangled in the cobwebs. But for others of us, there are considerably more layers. We're a little bit more of an onion. And every time we peel a layer back, we find a new spider. We find more and more and an ever-increasing amount of cobwebs. And so we haven't quite maybe gotten back to that root lie, that first thing that the enemy really snuck in there and whispered into our ears. But we're working on it. But what we need to do is we need to corner the spider. In order to kill him, we got to corner him. Cornering the spider is exactly what I want to spend my time talking about with you this morning. We sabotage ourselves sometimes, don't we? Anybody ever feel like that? Like you're your worst enemy? Like you're the person who's always getting in there and messing things up for you? Sometimes we sabotage ourselves where our spiders are concerned. I mean, we're the ones that let them in in the first place. We're the ones who allow them to start spinning their webs of deceit, their webs of destruction. We allow the enemy to convince us that there is truth in the lie. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, young people. In order to drown out the lying voice of the enemy, we need to tune in to the loving voice of Almighty God. Let me say that again. In order to drown out the lying voice of the enemy, we have to tune in to the loving voice of God. God can and God will, if you let him, reveal the areas in your life where you have believed the enemy rather than believing him. He will. God, believe it or not, God wants to rid you of your spiders and your cobwebs even more than you do. His desire is not that you walk in chains. His desire is not that you live in bondage. His desire is that you walk in freedom, that you dance in liberty. That's God's desire. That's God's desire. Yeah, you can clap for that. That one deserved a golf clap, right? Like, his desire is that you live in freedom and walk in liberty and dance in liberty. <laughs> oh, man. It's the desire of God's heart. God doesn't want us in bondage. God wants us in freedom. God wants to rid us of the spiders and cobwebs. But listen, church, he's not going to do it without our consent. We have to give him permission. We have to give him permission to move. Some of us, that's the only thing holding us back. That's where we're stuck. I mean, we're even praying about it, right? Like, God, please help me to identify these spiders, to corner them, to kill them. But I want to hold on to my junk. So God, just do it. All right, do it. <laughs> Go ahead, work your little miracle. But I'm going to hold on to this if that's okay. No. We got to let God have it. We got to give God permission. We got to grant God consent. And, and here's the reality we can't do this without His help. We can't. Yesterday, as one of our activities, we had students, and some of them did a better job than others, at, at building, they built a spider killer. They had like all these supplies, and they were able to like build an actual spider killer, and then they, they demonstrated how it worked and stuff for us. I mean, like, 
God's our spider killer, right? Like, he's the one. It's no special device. It's no thing we do or magic thing we say. It's God. It's letting him in. It's giving him consent. You may remember this story from the Old Testament. This comes from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14. This is, this is scripture that is on the heels of the Israelites, the Hebrew people. They weren't yet really Israelites, but the Hebrew people being brought out of Egypt, out of slavery, right? Out of bondage. And, and they made their way out, and they're approaching the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is bearing down. Listen to this. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians see today, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Hmm. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of unpacking to that scripture. In Exodus 14, the people believed the lie that life would be better for them back in Egypt. Man, if only we could turn around and go back to that terrible dictator who beat us, who starved us, who made our life a living, you know what? Man, if we could just get back there. And how many times are we like that? Like we just run with vigor back to the things that are absolutely destroying our lives. I don't think I can live without that sin. It really hurts me, and I like it, right? It kind of feels that way sometimes. I just want to get back to that. But Moses tells them, he says, stand still, and you will see God work. There was no way they were going to win the battle without the help of God. But with God, all things were possible. And some of us need to stand and we need to grant God permission to act on our behalf. Some of us need a miracle, a Red Sea splitting kind of miracle. Some of us need a work in our life that only God can do. You see, if it's something we can do, then we receive all the glory. We receive all the honor. We're like, look at what I did. But you see, that's not God's desire. God's desire is to get us to a place where we are so desperately in need of what only he can do in our life that we're able to stand on the other side of it and confess to everyone that look at what my God did in my life. That's where he wants us. That's where he wants us. That's his desire. Some of us, man, some of us, God is getting ready to blow the door wide open. I believe that. I have had conversations with many people in this room whom I can see inside of you that God is just getting ready to absolutely blow the doors off. And I don't know, maybe that freaks you out a little bit, but I'm just telling you, get ready. Because God's just getting ready to do something here, and it's just going to be explosive, and it's going to be crazy. 
God is getting ready to blow the doors wide open. Some of us, for the first time, are getting ready to experience his power. And when I'm talking about his power, I'm talking about his resurrection, raise Jesus Christ from the dead kind of power. And hopefully that's, hopefully that's something you're excited about. I mean, I can't wait to see it happen. I can't wait to see it happen in my life. Listen, I'm not there yet. I feel like I'm right on the cusp. Like, I'm like, I'm praying. I'm like, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. He's like, no, you're not. You're ready when I tell you you're ready. But you just wait and you just be patient because I'm getting ready to reveal myself to you in a way that in 38 years of life, I've never showed you. And man, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. When you get up from your chair at work, at school, wherever you are, I feel like this is going to be the story. People are going to look and they're going to say, hey man, what's that like oozing from you? <laughs> right? Like you kind of left something behind. Is your backpack leaking or what's going on? Right? Students like, what's going on with you? And all it's going to be is the Jesus that you left behind because you were so overfilled and overflowing with his goodness and his power and his love and his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and his peace and his joy that you can't help but leave a trail behind you when you go from point A to point B. It's like you're walking... You're like walking in your neighborhood and you got little Scruffy with you, right? And Scruffy's just pulling you along. And as you're walking, people are like, there's something behind that dude. Like he's leaving something behind, right? That's, that's what I want, man. I want my cup to overflow a thousand times. Like just give me more of Jesus because I know if I have more of Jesus, whew, right? But we can't, we can't, we can't fight it. Gotta let it happen. His timing. <laughs> You're gonna get up from your chair and people are gonna be like, Holy Spirit! Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, God, for that. All right. I mean, does anybody want that? Yeah. So what are the steps towards this? Listen, i got to give you some steps because this is a sermon, right? Every sermon has steps. So here they are. And the first one's going to take, it's going to confuse you a little bit. You're going to be like, what are you talking about? The first one is to lower the noise. Lower the noise. Take the noise down. Earlier I mentioned that we're kind of in this battle, right? And because we're in a battle, we're really quick. Like we love Ephesians 6. I mean, we love to do war. It's like, like all the left brain people in the room are like, yeah, all right, war. I can do this strategy, right? Let me, let me write it down. Let's see if I do A, B, you know, like, that's just how we work. All the right brain people are like, let's think about it, right? Let's, let's make it creative. But, uh, you know, like we're just on it. Like we want to pick up our sword and we want to pick up our shield and we just want to go to battle because it's something I can do, right? Like I got to kill the spider. Okay, I can do that. I just got to pick up the armor and go to battle. But before we do, God wants us to be, to be where? To be in his presence. That's really what God wants. God wants for us to kneel, to lie down in his presence. It's like God is our king and we are his knights. And before we can really go and do battle, God has to lay the sword on our shoulder. And he has to say, it's time. It's time. 
Before we speak, God wants us to listen. God wants us to listen. We're really good at that. (laughs) Not. God will speak to us. God will tell us when it is our time. God will tell us how it is that we are to go about slaying these spiders if we will just listen. But you see, God's voice, as described in Scripture, is a still, small voice. And you're not going to hear that still, small voice unless you're willing to lower the noise. Do you ever feel like there's like a million voices going on in your head? And this isn't like a schizophrenia thing, okay? So you can just be honest about this. Like, how many of you feel like there are countless voices coming at you at the same time in your head sometimes? Oh, bunch of liars. Raise your hand. How many of you feel like you're, yeah, you got voices coming from everywhere, right? If you're a family man like I am, you got the voice of of your spouse, you got the voice of your kids, you got the voice of of different electronic devices going on in the background, you got the voice of your boss and of your coworkers and of your employees and the people who are dependent upon you, you got the voice of your politicians and the country and the media, and you got the voice of uh, your pastor, right? He's annoying. And like you got all these people who are just like speaking at you at the same time, and sometimes you just want to be like, yeah, right? My head is going to explode if these people don't stop. Guess what? All that noise, all that noise, that's the enemy at work. Because the enemy knows that if he can keep us distracted, he can keep us divided, he can keep us despairing, he can keep us focused on all the wrong things then we become ineffective for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. And so he just keeps increasing the voices. And then in the midst of all those worldly voices, we also start to hear his voice. And we hear the voice of the enemy. And that's where those lies come in. And all of a sudden, you know, because of all these other things going on, we don't have God's voice reigning supreme in our life. And so we don't even hear the truth. All we start hearing are the lies. And they just get in there and they reap havoc. I can't possibly hear God from all the noise. God is wanting to give me hope. God is wanting to grant me peace. God is wanting, Lynn, to restore my joy. That's who God is. We know that he's faithful. But he can't get his message through to us because of all the noise. We've got to take the noise down. And the second thing we've got to do is we've got to talk to God. We've got to talk about it. We've got to talk to God. Some of us need to ask God to reveal to us where our spider is. Where was the birthplace of our spider? What is the lie that you believe? You see, prayer and the word of God, these are the two disciplines, these are the two weapons that we are going to need in order to identify and replace the lies that we have made with this agreement. Prayer is meant to be a two-way conversation. When we go to God in prayer, turning down the volume of the noise around us and becoming still long enough for him to make his presence and his truth known, then we will be setting ourselves up to hear from him and to experience his deliverance. So we got to draw the noise back. we got to perk our ears up. we got to talk to God, and we got to listen for his response. That's what we have to do. Several of our students have experienced God's deliverance here this weekend. I mean, students have prayed for everything from depression to addiction to issues with self-image to issues with self-worth to value to insecurity to understanding better God's grace to salvation. I mean, it's just been wild. Like, look, I, you remember when you were a teenager, 
Some of you have to think back a little further than others. <laughs> right? But you remember, if someone had asked you in a room of 100 of your peers to walk to the front of the room and lay down your junk with a total stranger, would you have been like, sign me up? No, you would have been looking all around going, <laughs> no, right? And yet yesterday morning, it was an hour and, I don't know, 45 minutes of just continual worship, prayer, students coming. I mean, we were supposed to end at 11, and at like 11.25, I walked back in here, and there were still students being prayed over for things. When we ask God to reveal to us the birthplace of our spider, the lie that holds us hostage, he's going to reveal it to us. And he's also going to point us to the truth in his word. You see, the third step, in addition to lowering the noise and talking to God, is we need to pick up the word of God. We've got to pick it up. We're asking you a whole lot, and during this series, we're asking you to lie things, to lay things down. Hey, take those lies the enemy's feeding you and lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Lay them down. But when we lay one thing down, we got to pick something else back up. And in this case, that thing that we need to be picking up is the truth of the word of God. Everything we need to know about God, everything we need to know about our relationship with him is found in the scripture. God's word of truth will take down the father of lies. There's a reason why God's word is called the sword of the spirit. The one offensive weapon that we have at our disposal. And when we get the word into our hearts, not just into our heads, but into our hearts, it absolutely changes us from one state of grace to another. It equips us to live web free. I mean, just this morning, God woke me up. Well, actually, a group of ninth grade girls did. But God used a group of ninth grade girls to wake me up at 430. And I'm, and I'm laying in my bed. And like immediately, like the truths of God's word are like flooding through my head. I mean like flooding. God is saying to me, Matt, if you just ask, it'll be given to you. If you seek, you'll find. If, the, if you knock, the door will be opened. God's telling me, look, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'll never leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things are going to be added to you. All these things are going to be taken care of. Don't be anxious about things, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, trust him. Trust the one who cares about you. Because you see, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's great gain. For we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And nothing is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. His desire is that we would know how wide and how long and how deep his love is for us. These are the truths of Scripture. That he has a great plan prepared for us. And it's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. It's a plan to give us a hope and to give us a blessed future. That's God's word. And if you don't know it in here, and you get tangled up in the webs, and the spiders are creeping in on you, what are you going to use to combat it? What are you going to use? You've got to have the word of God. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit's gonna give it to us. That's what that means. We just need to cry out for it. Holy Spirit, 
Mm-hmm. Rain down on this body. I need something to make me look better, right? Give me more of you. We need to listen to God's truth rather than the devil's lies. And then here's the fourth step. It's the final one. We got to remember that God knows all about us. God knows all about you. In addition to taking down the noise and eliminating the distraction, in addition to opening up to God in prayer and and reading his word, you need to remember, I need to remember, that it is God who created us, that it is God who loves us. We need to remember who he is and whose we are. It is God who knows everything about us. It is God who knows the very number of hairs on our head. Of course, for some of us, that is a greater accomplishment than others. Listen to what the psalmist David says in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm. David asked God to search him and to know his heart and to show him everything offensive in him. How many of you, when you go to the airport, are just hoping that you'll get searched? You're just standing in line and you're almost giddy, right? Ooh, I can't wait till I walk through that little dingy thing and it goes off and that little guy that looks like, you know, he just came from mall cop. He walks over to me and he's like, hey man, I need to wand you, right? Like that's what we're all hoping for secretly. Please, please let me be the one. None of us, no one wants that. And the problem is we approach God like we approach airport security. Worship services sometimes are like those scanners. Just get me through to the other side so that I can get on to the next thing, get on about my business. I don't want anybody up in my business. But you see, then there's David. David says, search me, O God. Know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. David is like, ooh, I hope I get searched. Strip search. (laughs) Even better. Woo! I don't have anything to hide. And it wouldn't matter if I did because God, your supernatural x-ray machine already sees it anyway. David says, see if there is anything offensive in me. Show me where your spiders are and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, church, it is a risky ask for sure but equally necessary as well. Cleaning up cobwebs and hunting down spiders is risky business, but it will be worth it if on the other side what we gain is true freedom. The important thing to remember is that we will lose the battle if we fight with our own might. It's only by listening to the voice of God and by believing in his truth that we will once for all be able to destroy the work of the enemy. It's only by listening to the voice of God and believing in his truth that we will finally be able to break free from the bondage. So here's the question. So here's the question, and you know what it is already. Where are you in that process? Where are you? Be honest. For the first time in your life, be honest with yourself this morning. Please stop lying to yourself. We are four weeks into this series. By my count, we have one week to go. 
And the question is, have you been able to identify the cobwebs? Have you been able to locate the spider? Have you got it cornered? Because what God wants is for you to place the fullness of your faith and trust in him this morning. John 8 verse 47 says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Are you here this morning and are you struggling to hear from God? Maybe, I'm going to go out on a limb. Maybe the reason that is, is because you don't belong to him. You're not his. He hasn't stamped you yet. He hasn't put his mark on you yet. Your name's not in the Lamb's book of life yet. Because you know what? You've never truly been honest with yourself and admitted in front of yourself and your spouse and your children and your church family that I need Jesus Christ. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that there's probably someone here that's, that's you. That's you. Perhaps you're here and you cannot recall a time in your life when you have truly surrendered truly placed your faith in Christ. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you have. You do remember. You remember. It was a while ago. But right now you would say, man, if I'm being honest, if I'm being transparent, if I'm being real with myself, I I mean, I shared this last week, I'm listening to some spiders. I am tangled up in some cobwebs. I'm going to pray. And if you're here this morning, and it doesn't matter whether you're 12, 32, 56, it doesn't matter. If you're here and you would say, I need to get myself back on track. If you're here this morning and you would say, better yet, I need to surrender. Surrender. I shared with the students the other day, you're in trouble. Somebody's chasing you. They say, hold it. You don't go like this. Okay. You go like this. Woo! Right? You open it up. Some of us just need to do that to God. We need to say, you know what, God? I mean, here's here's our normal Christian response to surrender, right? Here it is. Because we still got something, right? And God's just saying, no, give me both, right? Like, let it go. Surrender. If that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer. The prayer is actually going to be on the screen so that you can follow along with me as I pray it. And this is, this is your prayer, and it's simple, and it's, but it's full of truth. It's full of truth. It's full of his truth, not mine, his. Maybe you need to pray this this morning. So just do that to yourself as I pray. Here we go. Father God, I acknowledge that I am lost in the cobwebs. I have allowed the enemy to steal my thoughts, to kill my witness, to destroy my confidence for far too long. So today, I repent of my sin, and I ask for your forgiveness. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that you raised him from the dead. Today, I cling, I choose to cling to your truth, so may it set me free. Thank you for saving me and accepting me into your family. Thank you for the promise of eternal life in heaven and abundant life this side of heaven through a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. Give me strength to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen.